Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 187 of the All Dolphins podcast on this beautiful, fairly decent day. Friday, January 5th, 2024, two days ahead of the AFC showdown between the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills for, if it's an AFC showdown, for the division title and the number two seed. A loss would relegate the Dolphins to the number six seed and a trip to Arrowhead Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs next weekend. So no other variables with a loss. That's where we're that going. It. Locked in. They're playing at Kansas City if they lose. Okay. If they win, right. if they win, they could wind up facing the Buffalo Bills again or the mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars or mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. depending on the results of other games, including Pittsburgh at Baltimore on Saturday, obviously Jacksonville at Tennessee on Sunday afternoon. So those are the only ones that will come into play. Last time Miami played for the AFC East Championship was 2008, where Chad Pennington basically willed them to win, beating his former team, the New York Jets, who dumped him earlier that season, throwing him into the arms of the Miami Dolphins, where he was actually the team MVP of that 11-5 and year. Yep. Look at me trying to give a history lesson. How about that? Where you go, Omar? Uh, and that is, at the time... Training camp started, and it was a three-way battle for the starting quarterback job between Chad Henney, who was a rookie second-round pick, John Beck, who was a second-year player, and then Josh McCown, who had bounced around several teams. And then Jets, the Jets get Brett Favre. They dump Chad Pennington, and the Dolphins were like, come on over, Chad. Yeah, we watched that practice. I think McCown was going to be the starter. Um, none of the quarterbacks were good. And Chad Henney was mediocre and, as you saw, mediocre for the following three years as a starter with the franchise. Um, And Beck was trash. Wow. Second round picture. And this was during a time. And and one of the greatest QB developers in today's game, unfortunately. Let me be bad, Omar. Yeah. But that was during a time where the Dolphins, I think the, the number of years was five straight years where they used a second-round pick on a quarterback, whether it was via trade or selecting a player, and it was trading for Dante Culpepper, trading for A.J. Feely, selecting John Beck, selecting Chad Henney, selecting Pat White. Mm-hmm. And I support the thought process. Keep picking until you keep fi- until you find one. Okay, remember remember that as I point out that the Dolphins made a trade series a second round pick to Arizona for Josh Rosen. Go ahead, tell me the same thing. Oh my God. Yes. You support, you you support don't know that the quarterback is trash. He was how does, trash. how does that not apply to John Beck or Pat White? No. Anybody should have known did not have the body to to oh, listen. Pat the White was ahead of his time. Don't, don't don't be disrespectful about Pat White. It didn't work out because he got he the ball was too small. He was rail thin he's probably bigger than he's probably bigger than um um the arizona quarterback so no. those, 
Oh yes, he's he, taller, he, but he, he, Kyler Murray's okay. He's one he's, he's one ninety. Kyler Murray, I don't think he's much bigger than one ninety. Um, hell, he might listen. Pat White was an innovator, a revolutionary player in the college game at West Virginia. Don't 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 whisper. I'm kind of worried if we have. You just you just said it in the college game. In the college game, but it was coming to the NFL. It was slowly coming to the NFL. I think he was a little bit ahead of his time. Ball was too big for him. They forced him to take off his glove. He got whacked in his one play against against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I know he's skinny and rail thin. Stop, stop bringing it up. I get it. I could hold up a finger too. I could hold up a thumb, a pinky well too. Um, Dude, he wasn't built to last in the NFL, and they drafted him with the vision of he'd be the perfect point man for the Wildcat. They, they saw where the college game was going at that time. If there wasn't a Pat White, there wouldn't be a Lamar Jackson. If there wasn't a, a Michael Vick, there wouldn't be a Patrick Mahomes. And and that 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 game... You know, I, I've often thought about writing a book about that because I, I, I was very I did a research project on the, the state of black quarterbacks in college. And it, it's always been something that um, just really, really, really sat with me. You remember Anquan Bolden was like a parade All-American quarterback and basically gave it up in his first year. Did you know Peter Warwick was a quarterback as well? Yes. That like there are so many great athletes who are quarter who are high school quarterbacks that could have taken it to the next level at that position, but they chose, but they were basically forced to play other positions just because the game wasn't ready for what it is today. Correct. That kind of that kind of quarterback. But my whole point is, I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going to hold your words against you. Don't you, you bring up that damn Josh Rosen? Don't I you am bring it up? Going to because I I. Don't have an issue with with that trade. But again, this was at a time the Dolphins were scrambling to find a solution to quarterback. Give it your. Shot. I don't have an issue with that line of thought. What I have an issue with is you using that when you're bidding against yourself on a trash quarterback who you knew was a trash quarterback. Obviously, they didn't know if it was a trash quarterback. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Do you do you honestly think they would have pissed away a second round pick if they knew he was? I, I know for a fact the year before. In that draft, Josh Rosen wasn't even on their board. So how does a guy go from not even being on your board to all of a sudden he, you're going to go trade for him just because somebody in the Flores camp liked him and thinks that he could be developed and whatever, whatnot? Come on, man. You saw because in Because in his draft, it wasn't Brian Flores. It was a head coach. It was Adam Gase. And Adam Gase had eyes on two of them. As you know, it was Baker Mayfield and it was Josh Allen. He okay. didn't like Lamar Jackson. He didn't like Josh Rosen, yeah. and he didn't like Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. And he wound up, you wound up being Sam Darnold's head coach uh, with the Jets a couple of years later, which I'm sure made for some interesting conversation. But oh again, no, 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 no! He, we got at that time, we got it all wrong about which quarterbacks that he wanted. He, he certainly wanted Sam Darnold. You know, revisionist history. Oh, revisionist we, history, correct? Yeah, uh, but we we all know what 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 it was. Okay, but he, my he bottom line Nathan is, and he wanted Josh Allen. He wanted, he did want Josh Allen, uh, and then he was proven right. Uh, no, and no, I'm not in love with Josh Allen before because I know it's coming. Um, my whole point is they whiffed on those five moves. Yes. The, the point we're making about uh, Josh Rosen, they should have known he wasn't a good quarterback. Well, they should have known that AJ Feely was a backup, and in fact, AJ Feely in one of his conversations off the record with the media is telling us, "I prefer being a backup." 
Whoa. Uh, and then Dante Culpepper didn't pan out. John Beck didn't have a successful NFL career. So anyway, okay, let's move on to, this is episode 187. So we'll a quick look back at the 87 season uh, because based on the comments, and I have cats meowing outside my door here. Uh, meow, based meow, on, meow. Based on the that. comments, um, you guys apparently prefer that to the, the jersey number recognition. So we're going to keep doing it until we get to, 2000, 2000. Give these youngins a history lesson, Poupard. Sorry? I said, give these youngins a history lesson, Poupard. Yes, 1987 season. Remembered as the strike-shortened, strike-replacement game season. Yes, there was a strike in the NFL, player strike after two weeks. Word. Players decided, nope. The so they CBA started playing the season, and then two weeks into it, they stopped? Played two games. They stopped. They went on strike. The owners decided we are going to form teams using replacement players and whatever players are willing to cross the picket line. And there were a, a sprinkle of those dolphins went two and one during the strike replacement games, including a 42, nothing spanking of the Kansas city chiefs. In how, many, Miami. how many games did they gear up for these replacement games or how many they played, weeks did they played three dolphins went two and one in those. Oh, hold on. They started, they basically said, we're going to start the season, play two games Players go on strike, and next week they said, okay, let's find us some replacement players and then play the game? Well, it's not quite like that. It's basically, okay, so the league starts. They're in an impasse with the CBA, the, and then they play the first two games. Then the players went on strike, on the, I believe it was on the Monday or the Tuesday after week two. They canceled the, the games of week three, including Giants at Dolphins. Then the owners were like, oh, "Okay, no, we're gonna find, we're gonna field replacement teams." So in week four, five, and six, they played strike replacement games. Dolphins went two and one in those. Then the the, uh, the NFL the strike ended. The players came back, resumed with the regular players. Dolphins went on to finish eight and seven, missed the playoffs. Um, I believe Marino had good numbers, but it wasn't a wasn't a great Dolphin season. Uh, the highlight may have been that the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year that season was a Dolphin player who had been a third-round pick, who is now a member of the media, an all-around good guy, Troy Stratford, a running back from Boston College. Mm -hmm. Troy led them in rushing and receiving, which yep. is interesting. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, you got Mark Clayton, Mark Duper. Why, is, why are you throwing to a back? I don't uh, remember those teams. Uh, I don't remember why they threw, they threw so often to him. I don't know. Okay, let's bring let's it back. Today. Friday, January 5th. Um, Friday, January 5th. Uh, injury report came out. This is the final injury report for the week. Let's go over the Buffalo Bills first because it's kind of simple and easy. That will be um, Everybody except for center Mitch Morse, who is battling an illness, is listed as they're playing. Morse is questionable. Um, Stefan Diggs got veteran rest today. Um, Micah Hyde. Is, is playing with a neck injury, Vaughn injury. Vaughn, Vaughn Miller got veteran rest today. Um, no, got veteran rest Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, okay, my bad. Josh Allen with a neck and right finger, full practice participation. Obviously, daddy's coming home. Oh, you had to go there. Okay. By the way, we're going to be way under. You've done, you've been, you've been. You've been very good about it. Kept, about kept the daddy references to a minimum. Okay. Yes. That's two of them right now and about 
20 seconds, so you're slipping a little bit. Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, did say he is not anticipating any issues with Mitch Morse. And by the way, this was pointed out to, I don't know if it was to Frank Smith or Butch Barry on Thursday, that the Bills have had the same starting offensive line the entire season. They're one of, I think, three teams in the NFL that have been so lucky. That's crazy. That's 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 a lot yeah. of good luck right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Dolphins injury report, a uh, lot better than it was Wednesday and Thursday when they had 19 names on it at one point. Because Yes. I think there's still 19 names on it, though. I know, but only five of them have a game status designation, and that's ultimately what matters. And the only two who are ruled out are Bradley Chubb, who's only on the injury report again because he's not on IR yet, which he will – which will happen Saturday. More than and likely then, when Jerome Baker is activated from, from IR. And I expect Jerome Baker to be activated from IR. And I second that based on my observations from practice on Friday without giving details what my eyeballs told me. And we'll get to Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert a little bit later. But my eyeballs tell me the dude's playing. Yeah, what else do your eyeballs tell you? You got bigger eyeballs than that. I have very small eyeballs. Anyway, um, the only other one who's been ruled out is Xavier Howard, which Mike McDaniel indicated before practice Friday and also early in the week when he had said he was week to week. So that's not a big surprise there. Mm-hmm. Jerome Baker's listed as questionable with that knee injury he's coming back from. We've got Raheem Mostert, who's got that knee and ankle. He practiced today on a limited basis. He's listed as questionable. Uh, then we've got Jalen Waddle practiced today for the very first time in two weeks, is listed as questionable. Does Alan Poupard... Have a guess on that? Oh, I do. Oh, but I do. Okay. Uh, and before I get to that, uh, Waddle spoke after practice, and we joked that maybe he spoke just so Tom Garfinkel could, could collect on his bet because Jalen, before he spoke to us, turned around and picked up his gear and go, okay, I have I have to do this, and then I have to put this on. He turns around, and this is not an Expos hat he was wearing. It was a Michigan hat, and he's got a Michigan hoodie. Tom Garfinkel, the Dolphins president, CEO, went to Michigan. Jalen, of course, went to Alabama. So they have a little, they had a little friendly, friendly wager, uh, you know, regarding who was going to win the game on Monday night. In <laughs> Hold on. Garfinkel only betting Jalen Waddle? No, no I, asked, I asked that exact question. I asked Jalen. So did, was it just you or did uh, Tua and Raekwon Davis also uh, have to do the same? And he said he didn't know. Uh, mm, yes, I always love those friendly wagers that they have uh, yeah. in regards to wearing and doing press conference. I believe Duke Riley had to do a press conference in something non-LSU after they lost a game. I can't remember which game it was. but Was it this year? Yeah, it was this year. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which game it was. I don't know if it, if it was. If it was yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Waddle talked about like, are you playing? How are you feeling and all that? And he said exactly what you'd expect to say. There's always a chance I'm going to play. It felt good out there. It felt good to be back with my teammates. And then if you look on social media, you're going to see some clips and some commentary from some people like he looked good based on the three patterns that he ran. That doesn't include how he's walking back to the huddle after those plays. When he's running the routes, it looked, it looked fine. When he's walking back after the play, it doesn't look great. Timeout. Because I remember in Jalen Waddle's rookie season. Yes. I consistently pointed out that Jalen has a limp. Why is he walking with a limp? Because he always had that foot issue that he was coming back from at Alabama. And I'd be like, why is he walking with a limp? Well, 
for the record, for three years, Jalen Waddle walks with a limp. And he always would say, that's my walk. And it's, it's true. So it's very hard to determine whether this, this limp gait is associated with the ankle or it's just how he walks because he does walk with a limp. Agreed. Uh, again, based on my observations, I would say this is questionable, which means 50-50. I would place my bet, I think, on the under about him yeah. playing. I, um, I, too. I don't I don't know if you risk possibly having him suffer a setback and not be available for the playoffs game, trying to get him on the field for this AFC champ AFC East championship game. So all of them are important. This one's not any less important than the playoffs game because honestly, it could set you up for success or lead to your destruction in, in the postseason. So I don't know what to do. And in fact, I read Mike McDaniel's commentary because I, I, I was lazy and I took a personal day for myself today and I did not go to practice. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if um, I don't know if Mike McDaniel is worth ri- willing to risk it. I just don't. With Raheem, I don't, th- issue, I don't know if it's an issue of risking it or or the, or the guy just you know, can't perform. Because uh, the ran that he, the, the the routes that he ran, I mean, they're not full blast. There's no defender against him, uh, so I just don't know. Uh, with Raheem, I think I probably feel a little bit more encouraged about Raheem than I do about Waddle, based on body language, movement, the way he ran, the way he moved, and all that. Uh, so for him, if questionable, it's 50, 50, I think I would put his chances upper, upper 50, 50 and Baker, uh, to me, it's a, it's a borderline, borderline slam dunk he's playing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we should add the very good news. Robert Hunt did not get a game status designation, which means he's playing, which means barring a massive surprise, He's in the starting lineup at right guard. I, I'm not. I'm not buying for a second that he's gonna. He's gonna be active, but not play. And, and, then, and then be the bench, be the backup. Um, no. I do agree with you primarily because Lester Cotton is battling a hip injury that he's had for a while, and then I guess it's progressively gotten worse. But um, I will say this: Rob has been sidelined for two separate months because of this hamstring injury. Um, Rob is a warrior. He wants to play, and he put him on that list right there with Jerome Baker of players who's tired of losing to Buffalo. Uh, he he talked uh, this week, and he was like, back in his Louisiana Lafayette days, it was much like Appalachian States, mm-hmm. um, where they just could not beat Appalachian State, which just so happens to be Kendall Lamf- Langford's team, and and then uh, Kendall 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 and, Kendall Lam- and uh the running back, Harrington Evans, yes. Um, and that just annoyed him. Rob is is absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably 
excited and anxious about playing the Buffalo Bills, as should be the entire offensive line, because they led to that loss. They were the undoing. No, don't you shake your head. Do not you shake your head. Absolutely. You cannot shake your head. Do not do that. Sorry. You when you cannot protect your quarterback on a down after down basis, when they're just rushing four, they're not blitzing. So you're covering everything. Your cloud coverage. You're 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 keeping everything in it underneath, and then they're just getting after you and harassing your quarterback with four rushers. You have to take responsibility for that, Elser. No. How many games can you win scoring twenty points? Enough. The the, okay. the um, Joe Philbin, the Tony Sperano and Joe Philbin Dolphins did it for their entire tenure. Okay. How many games can you win giving up forty eight? Zero. Okay. Thank. Well, maybe one or two percent, right? So to me, yeah, that loss is on the defense. Sorry. Um, I mean, they were just getting carved up. Well, correct, but that loss is on the defense, not on the offensive line. The offensive line was a problem, and let's not forget about the fact that Dolphins had touchdown drives the first two times they had the ball. So it wasn't like they were, here it comes, booty cheeks the entire game. It started off well, and then it went south. But the defense was crap for you. Forget beyond booty cheeks. Uh, It was crap the entire game. Uh, Which leads me to a story I wrote on alldolphins.com. Sorry. Come on, one more. There we go. Um, About the Dolphins and their Josh Allen problem. And well, here's the thing. Don't don't and don't say the word. Don't say uh, it. You know if you say the word. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, all know, <sighs> we all know his his stats are ridiculous against the Dolphins. It's a passer rating of 110.8, 31 It's beyond ridiculous. It's obscenely good. I'm just talking about it. 31 touchdowns, five picks, uh averaging 273 yards pa- passing. 57 yards rushing because the passing is not enough. However, where the where there is reason for optimism, where it's not like, oh, my God, they can't stop Josh Allen to lost cause, it's over. Let's bring it back to the two of the three games they played last year. The game at Buffalo, I have said before, I'm going to maintain the regular season game at Buffalo, the only reason the Dolphins actually played a very good game, Josh Allen stole that game for the Bills. That was one where he was completely ridiculous – um, and then it, it, it was a type of game where those of us in the media who have a hold him in high regard can point at that game and like, man, was he good or the Casey playoff game, the 13 second game. However, in the other two games, Dolphins beat them in Miami 21, 19, because Buffalo kept leaving points on the field. And Allen, even though he threw for 400 yards, again, he had the, he had a really bad fourth down incompletion when he never set his feet. They had a blocked field goal, and then at the end of the first half, if you recall, they were going to spike it to attempt a long field goal, and Allen bobbled the snap. And by rule, to be able to clock, it has to be continuous. The second he bobbles, you can't just bring it back and throw it down, which I did not know. Um, Because then it would be called intentional grounding, I guess, would be the rule. So what he did is he picked it up, and he threw that pass to Stephon Diggs as a sideline, and he got tackled and bounds in the, the first half ran out. So that's another three points that they blew that they blew over there. So the Dolphins need that. Or in the playoff game, it was interception by X, interception by Javon Holland, and 
the strip sack that le- led to the Zach Sealer fumble return for a touchdown. That's where the Dolphins, you know, hopes may lie defensively because I don't know about shutting down the Bills' offense completely. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, okay. Uh, I think oh, defensively, you got one hope. Two, I'll give you two. Go ahead. Um, you got you better shadow Stephon Diggs with Jalen Ramsey, make it at least a challenge for Josh Allen. Um, and Ramsey and Diggs, that would be a great epic battle, um, a, a, a battle that you should want to watch as opposed to Eli Apple or Cater Kohu versus Diggs. And we all know how those play out or have played out this season. Um, and then the second thing is you got to have somebody step up and provide pass rushing pressure um, on, on, on Josh Allen. Now, I wrote a column. Did you have somebody in mind, Omar? Yes, I did. That's called, that's called a setup. There we go. I, I wrote a column on alldolphins.com. Um, listen, uh, I would argue to you that nobody has gone through more this season than Emmanuel Ogba um, in terms of challenge, uh, not playing, but challenges emotionally, being a good teammate, um, the mental toll of basically being discarded. Um, and and here is the opportunity that nobody should technically be able to take from you. Um, you're probably not going to start, but you're going to have respectable playing opportunities to showcase what you can do. Can you imagine if he gets hot as a pass rusher and takes out all his anger and frustration that he's had from this season out on Josh Allen and becomes the hero of the game? Can you imagine it? Can you dig it, Poupard? Can you dig it? Hollywood, um, Hollywood storyline. Hollywood storyline. Um, a guy who is 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 cast off. Um, and we all know Agba's story. He know he knows himself he's gonna be cut at the end of the season. Um, so it's you know, it's you know, as as somebody joked on Twitter, um, he's wiping his tears with all his money. Well, he makes seven hundred million, seven hundred thousand dollars a game, um, and hey, let's not count the man's pockets. No matter how much you get paid, if you're not playing and you're not a contributor, it's quite frustrating. He's got a ridiculous amount of snaps. I mean, a ridiculous amount of productivity for a guy who's had exactly two hundred snaps on defense this season. Five sacks, interception, forced fumble, eight pass deflections, like. It's, Thanks. You memorize the stats. Yeah, I just wrote a column. I can see, I can see the poster now. Rusher to the rescue, the Emmanuel Agba story. Oh, I might have changed my headline. Rusher to the rescue. I like it, Poupard. Okay. Uh, Rusher to the rescue. Okay, I like that. Or how about Rusher to the Dolphins rescue? Or no, Rusher to the rescue. Rusher to the rescue. Another okay. subhead is a you know, Dolphin outside linebacker, Emmanuel Agba, you know. Uh, Jalen Ramsey spoke in the locker room after practice Friday. Oh, how were those three minutes? No, actually, it was one minute. He literally he literally prefaced it by saying, "Okay, you guys, you guys got one minute." And then Robert Hunt, who was across from him in his locker, after the first question, like fifty seconds, thirty <laughs> seconds. Yeah, Rob was having a good old time with it, uh, and I didn't time we, in. We joked because every time Ramsey talks to us, he's like. Okay, y'all got three minutes. Okay, you got two minutes. So this week we were down to one minute. Okay, all right. Yeah, and and Barry asked him uh, whether there had been conversations about 
shadowing. You know, shadowing digs. And his answer was ask Vic. Uh, and then he was asked, is that something you would like to do? No, it, the, word, the word shadow was not used because Jalen doesn't like that word. Uh, what is he like, traveling? I think staying with or lined up opposite. Vic uses traveling. Traveling. I like traveling. Mirroring is another one we could use. Mirroring is another one, yes. Uh, and, then he, and he said, of course, I, I will, you know, want to be as involved as possible and I'll do whatever is asked of me, which is, again, pretty much what you would say. Here's the thing. It's interesting because we talk about shadowing Stefan Diggs and the damage he did in week three, week four, sorry. The truth is he's not been a major factor in that Buffalo. In fact, the stories out of Buffalo are all about what's going on with Stefan Diggs. He's tired, blah, blah. We talked about it on Behind Enemy Lines earlier this week. Correct. Well, with, with Chris Brown. He's tired, and I saw a headline from my buddy Tim Graham, who basically maybe suggested, are they doing this on purpose? To do what? Piss him off? Because you could piss him off. It ain't going to end well for you. I don't know. But the bottom line is, I don't know if it's as simple as necessarily you eliminate Stephon Diggs and problem solved on for the defense. However, you obviously can't let him go crazy like he did in week four. Yes. Um, I'm very curious on what the approach will be. Um, uh, Stephon Diggs has all has just gone off on Miami just like uh, Josh Allen has throughout his career. So it'll be interesting to see what, what, what transpires and, and what happens. But I would feel a lot more comfortable if Jalen Ramsey defended Stefan Diggs on third downs and in the red zone at the bare minimum. Now, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, at the bare minimum. If you leave him out there on Cater Kohu and they fillet Cater Kohu, then I'm sorry, you've done a horrible job as a defensive coordinator on this particular day or with a high stakes game. You, your job is to create game plans and strategies to minimize the opposition's best player. What would Bill Belichick do? Bill Belichick certainly wouldn't allow Cater Kohu to be lined up against Stefan Diggs on a consistent basis. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, that's exactly what I've worked all week trying to get. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm still of the opinion, ultimately, though, the success of the defense to me is going to come from being able to force some takeaways. They didn't do that. And even I, I, I mentioned the, the Bills leaving points on the field in the game in Miami last September. Let's also not forget that the Dolphins' first touchdown came on a six-yard touchdown drive after Javon Holland blitzed, caused a fumble, and Melvin Ingram recovered. So they need one of those plays because, I, I again, I would be very surprised if Josh Allen doesn't put up big numbers. You know, if he doesn't get 280, 300, 320 passing, and he's going to get 50 to 60 rushing because now he's back to run, running the ball a lot more now with the new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, after – Mm-hmm. I don't know what Do you remember when Joe Brady was a cast off in Carolina? Yeah, I also remember him at LSU in 2019 when he was in the hot, the hot stuff. Yeah, Oof. yeah, man, that, that offense was good. Uh, he took he took Ken Dorsey's job, so Ken Dorsey's enemy is my enemy. I know, I know, and Ken, it's funny though because Dolphin fans will always remember Ken Dorsey for the from that shot in the press box. After the time ran out on the Bills last year, going all nuts, he he is a he is a competitor, absolutely a competitor. Oh. Um, Another one of those great college quarterbacks just didn't have the arm to play the NFL. 
He played he played a nice little cup of coffee. I thought his NFL career would would be going faster, um, higher um, by now. But you talking about Ken Dorsey? Oh, you mean you mean as a as a coach? You talking about as a coach? Yeah, as a coach. Yeah, as a coach. Oh, as a yeah, coach. yeah, no, no. Well, I mean, he's obviously he's obviously super smart, yeah. Sorry, he's super smart. Um, yeah. So. He's taken a. He, I mean, he's been an offensive coordinator for a minute now. The you know, obviously things didn't work out in Buffalo, but um, maybe he just goes and latches himself onto Brian Dable. Um, I would love to see him continue to come home and actually become the Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator. But you know, did you see the Tua's brother? I was hit, about to. I was about to bring that up since you mentioned it. Yes, Tua's hit brother the transfer market. Portal. Yeah, hit the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, He's decent. He's respectable. He's absolutely a serviceable quarterback, and that's what University of Miami needs. Um, it just makes so much sense for Tua's younger too much, brother. Too who, much sense, actually. Who's going to have, what, a seventh-year eligibility? I don't know how you get all that. Is that him who's going to – I know the guy in uh, Oklahoma State, I want to say, got a seventh-year of eligibility. Yeah, it's, it's – I mean, it's crazy, but Tua, you know – like supposedly I don't follow college football and I, I, you know, but supposedly he wants to be closer to the family or whatever, whatnot. Um, and the last I heard the university of Miami, and this is just a word on the street. They were offering the kid who went to the draft ward, $1.5 million, $1.5 million to become the starting quarterback for the Miami hurricanes. I'm not sure that Tua's younger brother can get that kind of money, but I'm sure Miami will make it and keep it competitive. I, I believe Tua's brother got something in Maryland. I wonder what, how much they paid him. I'm going to look it up. Uh, and the other question you have to ask yourself is, is does he put fannies in the seats because of his name? Um, not, yeah. not, not that boosters who are going to shell out that money really care about that, I would think. Yeah. Oh, oh. He, Tua, supposedly he rejected – Tua, I don't know how to say his name, and I don't want to butcher it. Talia? Uh, Talia, I don't know. He's supposed, to, he's supposed to make between $1 million to $2 million. And his last time he was considering transferring, he was offered $1.5 million and turned it down from SEC school. So um, not to talk about his brother, and I don't really think if his brother was that dynamic, he'd be headed off to the NFL draft. But can he lead the Hurricanes to a respectable season? Absolutely. Let's let's do this. I mean, I don't have to shell out the money, but you know, exactly. Um, who knows? When will we worry about him? Can you, can you imagine the day when you actually? There used to be a day when you had to develop your own quarterback. Now you just go steal him from another team and pay him big dollars. Mm-hmm. The college football is so weird. It's a whole different game. Why? And they've also well, yeah, in. It's all weird, and it's yeah, they basically destroy, not not that I'm not I never cared that much, especially recently about bowl games, but mm-hmm. any game, any game that's not the college football invitational, I refuse to say playoffs after what they did to Florida State, which is another issue. Hey man, they got whacked. Who? Florida State. They had like twenty nine opt outs. Of course, they got whacked. Yeah, but, but come on, man, what's up with these opt outs? That's a major bowl game. You opt out on a major bowl game? What's going on here? It's embarrassing. You're looking out for number one is what you're doing. You're prepping yourself for the draft. And again, after they got 29 players, ain't getting drafted. After they got, 
who knows after they got or maybe they're prepared, preparing to enter the transfer portal i don't know after they got job the way they did i'm sorry i don't blame them uh and again that's why i say college football it, invitational call it that because they wanted the four teams that they decided were the because and, and even the argument that they decided that those were the four best teams i'm sorry you're not going to tell me georgia's georgia wasn't one of the four best teams so that argument goes out the window if it's on merit then florida state went 13 and 0 won a power five conference conference nobody okay. cares anymore next year there's going to be a real, I care, real legit playoff and then we're gonna be done with this foolishness and we'll be on the new foolishness. You're right, which is why the NFL playoffs are better because there's no such thing. It's strictly about the record. And this is why. And and there will be no foolishness, opt-ins, opt-outs, whatever. And then the Dolphins will wind up number two seed or number six seed on merit. Um, I'm try, trying to remember the last time. Is this Alan Pupar prediction? What is going no. on here? Okay. The, the prediction is coming on alldolphins.com tomorrow as part of my preview. I, I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember the last time the Dolphins had as high as a number two seed. It's been a while. Last time they had a home playoff game was 2009 after that 2008 season, and they got spanked by the Ravens 27 to 9. Whoop them. Yep. Anything else we need to touch on, Omar? I think we've covered everything for today. No, we will be back tomorrow. We will be doing our live chat in the afternoon after I come back from the Sea Aquarium with my little baby girl. Um, And we will carry you to game day. It's game night, really. And Dolphins will be last game in the NFL. Yep. That's, I mean, don't get any bigger than that. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Um, So we will see you tomorrow, and we will definitely see you Sunday, immediately after the game, where we'll be talking about Miami winning their first AFC East championship, or how the season is spiraling down the drain and somebody's about to flush it. Or Tyreek returning to Arrowhead. Oh, okay. Good point. Good point. Good point. Okay. All right. You know where to find the content? AllDolphins.com. No subscription, no paywall, no $20 a month payment. Check your credit card. You'll see how much you're paying. Um, We are free, and we've got a ton of work up there. And we will be back tomorrow for our live chat in the afternoon. Don't know exact time, but somewhere in the 3 o'clock neighborhood. All right, folks, see you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.